This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinza. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Newscast with your co-anchors, Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. We can't afford the, the fancy news sound effect? No, I just oh. do it better, I think. Okay, you keep on thinking that. So we're doing something new and different today. Yeah, all right, so we're kind of breaking a long-standing rule of the show today. Yeah. Um, because the long-standing rule has always been to create what's called evergreen content. Right. So where it's something where somebody can listen to this in two, three years, and it and it still sounds interesting. Because it's not just talking about current day stuff, right? Yeah, because it's new year reviews and interviews and things like that. Right. We're, we're so if you listen to this episode like ten years from now, you might be bored. <laughs> <laughs> or be like, wow, that's what happened that week in 2018, huh? Yeah. So, but thought we should try this out, okay. and, and and you know, you know, cover like news stories of the day and talk about you know tour stuff and records that just came out and and then we're gonna have yeah, our but not only that we also have a special guest yeah we have uh nick teeter from uh, frontiers records joining us near the end of the episode and uh we'll get his story but of course but frontiers has an office here in nashville and if you listen to this show and have uh any interest in rock music you already know who frontiers records is right and you know their amazing list of artists that are on their roster and albums that they've come out with over the years yeah so he's going to come on and tell us about his story and about frontiers and about some of the awesome stuff that's going to be coming out soon right on. and we'll get to that well i guess before we figure out what the hell we're doing here today yeah we got to take care of our business and you know how we always start this show with the reviews the reviews we love so much we get them all the time i haven't cried and it seems like years it's nice it's great kleenex you know, stock you, has gone way down you guys have been killing it so much lately every single week i don't even have to ask anymore do we have any reviews because we always got reviews now it's beautiful thank you so much let's start out with an itunes one this one comes to us from canada from chris biscupic biscupic something like that something like that but it's an awesome one. It's five stars, and it goes a little something like this. I download many podcasts weekly to listen to while in the car or out walking. Since I've discovered Decibel Geek, I can truly say it is the best. Period. There's more. <laughs> the topics are well thought out, and both hosts are extremely knowledgeable and well-versed on the subjects at hand. And good-looking. And humble. My music styles range from the Beatles to Motley Crue to Metallica and the Darkness, and they cover all those genres and more. The Harder Side of the Beatles episode was one of the best so far, mm. although And Your Bird Can Sing was missing. That's a good song. Yeah. I've journeyed back in time to check out a lot of the Year in Review podcasts, which are also fantastic. Other highlights include the legendary interview with Whitfield Crane of Ugly Kid Joe. That's legendary. My, that's my Hall of Fame episode right there. I think I said 10 words that episode. <laughs> I like Legendary. Yeah. My favorite episode so far was the Michael Wagner Albums Unleashed with the vastly underrated Warrant album Dog Eat Dog. Mm -hmm. Although Slave to the Grind and the Skid Row debut were also great. Those are highly praised by mm -hmm. a lot of people. I recommend this podcast to anyone who likes the harder side of rock and roll. Great job, guys. Don't change a thing. If I had one request, Albums Unleashed, Too Fast for Love, 
the leather release. All right, Mick Mars. Yeah, the ball, ball's in your court, Mick Mars. We're ready to go anytime you are. Let's do it. Meet us at Michael's studio, and we'll do it just like we did with Rachel. Shoot, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Chris from Canada. Great review. Awesome iTunes review. See, iTunes sees that stuff, and they go, wow, man, Decibel Geek. They're doing something. Yeah. They're doing something good. We also get the uh, sweet Facebook reviews. Here's one that's five stars. Comes to us from Mark Brown. Goes a little something like this. Hosts Aaron and Chris have great radio voices and are a natural podcasting duo. Luckily for the listeners, they despise most commercial radio and everything it stands for. They promote good rock and metal, old and new. And unlike most radio, there's nothing fake about this show. Nice guys run last, except when you're talking about Decibel Geek. Wow. Thank you, Mark. Five stars on Facebook. Good stuff, man. Great reviews this week. I don't know if I can get out the door. My head's so big. I know. Make me feel good about ourselves. Yeah. Self-empowerment. We do this show for therapy. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. We, need we do it for you, but we do it for us, too. Yeah, we get so a lot out it of it, works too. out. So, uh, other favorite people, Geeks of the Week. These are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's Marvelous Team-Ups episode. Marvelous Team-Ups. I like that. That was fun. And how about that artwork? That was awesome artwork, man. I love that. Thank God for photo filters. <laughs> uh, Geeks of the Week this week are... And somebody that knows how to work them. Yeah. Geeks of the Week this week are Poison Down Under, Greg York, Joseph Capone, Denver D. Serrano, Jeremy Bednarski, David Glenn, Growing Up Rock Podcast, Mikhail Burrell, Adam Cox, Wayne Cross, Otto Erlen Gregerson, Cobras and Fire, Brent Tibbetts, Shane Abair, Andrew Jacobs, David Cathy, Aaron Baker, Trevor McDougal, Christopher Stokes, Ernesto Aguiar, Jay Shibluski, Hardy Girl 73, Twisted Kister, Billy Hardcore, Cesar Atondo, In From Before, Jason Cry, and The, the Mooger Fooger. Oh, yeah. Those are our people, our Geeks of the Week. You want to become Geek of the Week? All you got to do is share, reshare, retweet, do all that good stuff. Help us get the word out on the streets of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Spread the word. Let everybody know what we're doing here on Decibel Geek. And all you got to do is share it, retweet it. You become Geek of the Week. We mention your name because we love you. Yes. So let's get to the news. Well, the news, I think the easily the number one way we have to start this and the only way, the biggest news story in the world, and we started talking about it a couple of weeks ago, but the, the number one story in rock and roll right now is the return of the Rock and Pod Expo. Yes. Yeah, I mean we. I mean, yeah, sure. Judas Priest came out with a new album. You know, that's that's big news, and there's other big stuff going mm. on. But damn, Rock and Pot Expo too. I'm more excited about that than anything. It's uh, it's happening, and uh, August 25th at the Nashville Palace. It and if you knew where it was last year, it's basically across a parking lot. Yeah, better venue, cleaner venue. Good big stage. It's gonna be uh, gonna be great. Gonna have a lot of guests being announced, but. Uh, Guys, we got to fund this thing, yeah. and uh, and it needs to be sooner than later because you know I know a lot of people are like oh there's plenty of time until August it'll it'll make its goal before no no we can't wait no there's reasons we need the money earlier and part of that is you know there's a lot of startup costs there's a lot of travel expenses to help out fellow podcasters getting yeah. here to travel help exp- us get those good guests that we yes. want to get we want to get that stuff lined up and get the the you know trans and all that yes. figured out so we can start announcing who's going to be there but. In in order to do this, we got to start kicking up the donations, man. Yeah. And you know, we've got perks. All our friends, our, our podcast friends, all have yeah, perks. We have you know, to ours, we're, yeah. we're, we're, <laughs> you know how it goes. You know, last year we had it set up. You guys know how it works. You know, you want to become a part of the show. You want to come on the show yeah. with us. 
Look at last year, how many great episodes we got out of people that wanted to donate big to the Rock and Pot Expo to help us make history with the first one ever. Yeah. Well, now we got to top that. So we got to double down right now. We yes. guys got to make it happen for us. Where do they go to donate? You go to uh, GoFundMe.com slash rock, the letter N, pod 2018. Okay. Make sure you're looking for this year's Rock and Pod Expo on GoFundMe because the old one's there, but we don't want you don- donating to the wrong one. You're looking for the blue one. The blue one, not the red, red one. Red was last year. Yeah. This year was blue. Last year was the red pill. This year's the blue pill. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Nice. But yeah, so here's the deal. We're going to have our perks. It's going to be the same as last year. If you donate $100 and you put your Decibel Geek Podcast guest spot in the description on your donation and then get in touch with me through Facebook or whatever, we're going to launch our perks officially this week. But that's how it works. You can come on the show with us yep. and host the show with us, pick the theme, everything. And but, through your donations, yeah. you're also buying tickets. You, you know? are. So, you get a, so if you, you get can admission. come to this, you, know, you, you definitely want to get in on it now. Don't wait till the last minute and say, no. I'll buy my tickets later. Go ahead and do it now through the donation page. And that way, you know, you got your ticket, you're you're good to go. And, you know, like we say last year, you know, and so many people helped us out in this way, even if you can't make it, yeah, you know, we need help us make it happen. Even if you throw $5 at it, I know you're thinking, well, what's $5 going to do? It means a lot if a lot of people throw $5 right. at it. We have a good size audience here, and I know a lot of you aren't going to be able to make it. But if you believe in rock podcasting, you believe in what we're doing. If you believe in rock and roll. Yeah, I'm going to turn to Paul Stanley here. <laughs> But it means a lot because, you know, I I organize this because I think rock podcasting is the future of music. And I yes. think I think it's going to replace radio and a way to show off what all of our shows do and to get appreciation from the mainstream public and turn more people on to rock podcasting. We got to fund this thing. So, right, so throw some money at it just for the cause, at least. Right. Because last year, you know, we got mainstream coverage. You we know, did. we had the news stations come down and check out the uh, the guys when they went to the bar that had the heavy metal parking lot thing going yeah. on. And we were covered in the Nashville scene. Mm-hmm. You know, so we were helping get the word out about podcasts. So the local media is checking it out because we got this big thing going on here in Nashville. Yeah. And people are excited about it. And next thing you know, they're turning people on to podcasts, yes. you know. And then we're one step further into taking back rock and roll and putting it right back in everybody's perception the way it should be, the yeah. way it used to be, the way it used to rock and roll. We're trying to do that. And we want to give, uh, we want bragging rights. So when you make your do- donation, whether it's a dollar, whether it's a hundred dollars, whether it's a thousand dollars, I love you if you do a thousand. Yeah. But um, for five thousand dollars, we'll come to your house. Oh, God. We'll bring some luggage and put some CDs from our collection into the it. Aaron Camaro at home experience. Yes, we'll do it. <laughs> $5,000 Aaron Camaro right. home experience. But whatever amount you donate, even if you're not coming on the show for the $100, put Decibel Geek Podcast in the description because we want right. to know it came from our listeners. And Rocket right. Metal Combat beat we us beat last year. year damn it. We're not going through that again. <clears throat> I'm serious, guys. Let's let's show those Ian and Ralph that we can beat them. That's right. Yeah, they schooled us last year. Their listeners really stepped and it up. They're and they're doing it already this year. And they're already leading the pack. So yep. we got to step it up around here. So make sure you make sure, make sure you put Decibel Geek on there. Yes. Okay. So, we ready? Yeah. Here we go. Okay, well, the first item of business, which there's no way we could do this episode this week without this being the number one topic of discussion, Judas Priest, they are all over the news right now. 
Of course, the sad news to start a few weeks ago, Glenn Tipton announced he's going to be out of the band for the tour for Man. Firepower. Yeah. Um, Parkinson's disease. Apparently, he, uh, from what I read the other day, he ha- he's had it for 10 years, um, but didn't know until four years ago that he had it. So go to the doctor, get checked out to make sure you Ooh, know what's going on. It's the power on. of metal keeping it suppressed within him. He plays on Firepower, the new album, and that came out well last Friday, as of when we're recording this. And uh, hey, hey, no spoilers. Well, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> Aaron hasn't heard the heard record yet. yet. I want to get it, and I want to listen to it in its entirety. And life's been a little hectic here lately, but I don't want to just listen to it on the internet on right. a song here or there. I want to listen to it okay. in its entirety, the way I used to listen to Judas Priest albums when they came out. Well, I'm not gonna play any songs right now. Okay, but I am. Some people, I've had a number of people say, "What do you think of the new Judas Priest album?" Okay, well, tell me about it. I'll start off by saying, and this is, I can't believe I'm saying this because there's some albums. I I, I really loved Angel of Retribution. I thought yeah. Redeemer's of Soul, Redeemer of Souls was good. This is the best Judas Priest album since Painkiller. Wow. That's a bold statement right there, Mr. Sinzak. Maybe, maybe the best since Defenders. It might be better than Painkiller. Holy shit. It's certainly better than... Ram it down in turbo. Wow. Although I do like those albums. Nice. There is filler on this record because it's 14 songs. Not all, I don't think all 14 are great, but I will tell because of people like, what are your favorite songs off here? I think you can't, the first four songs in a row, you're going to, you're going to love because you got the title track. You've already heard that. I think. No, I haven't listened I played to any you. Of it. Well, I played you a snippet of, uh, just a snippet. And then I decided yeah, I don't okay. want to do this no more. Wow, you're really old school. I don't want to do this no more. I want to hear it in its entirety. Well, the title track is a perfect title track. Um, but then Lightning Strike, which is the second single. So you got the two singles leading off the record. Then track three is Evil Never Dies. This, I don't know, it's a tie It's a tie between two songs for, for my favorite song on this record. Okay. Evil Never Dies is one of them. This song could have been on Painkiller. Never the Heroes is track four. This song sounds like it could have been on Turbo. Yeah, yeah. I think it. That's part of what's great about this record is you'll you will hear. Is there like different eras? Yes, uh, it's okay. like different eras of the band are represented on it. Not not really any of the seventies. Well, maybe one song, but more of from no rock and roll. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> um, but Never the Heroes has a. It has a little bit of a like a synthesizer intro on it. Yeah, and then. Uh, well, not synthesize. Well, maybe I don't know, but it's it sounds like some, it would have fit on Turbo. Necromancer is okay, but comes off kind of like a just a generic Judas Priest song to me. It doesn't and Children of the Sun is meh. Those, so, so those, like a lot of Priest it, albums, does it vary? It starts to trail off heaviness and yes, and, you know, lighter stuff. Yeah, like Necro. If you want just the straight ahead pedal to the metal Necromancer, you're gonna like. Yeah. Uh, Children of the Sun's okay. Guardians is just a one-minute instrumental. I don't know why it's on here. It sounds cool, yeah. and it leads into Rising from Ruins, which is another awesome song. This may be my second or third favorite on the album. Right on. But the, like, the stuff I like, of course, is going to be more rock-oriented than metal-oriented, because that's just me. Um, Flamethrower, another pedal-to-the-metal metal song. Um, not one of my favorites. Spectre is okay. Some of these songs, and this is going to sound weird, but some of the riffs kind of remind me of 90s Metallica. Really? On on a couple of these songs where it's kind of like that bluesy metal. Yeah. Or it's just kind of, 
there's one song on here called Lone Wolf near the end. It sounds like a song that would have been on load to me. Huh. But it's heavier, and it's, of course, the vocals are much better than right. Rob doing it. But That's interesting, you know, it, and it's cool, you know, to because if you get a Judas Priest album and it's all like classic sounding or it all sounds like this album or it all yeah. sounds like that album but you know in the day and age where bands are still coming out with new music you got to be grateful for them to try something yeah. a little different here and there just to you know satisfy it's their a, own creative it's an needs. ambitious album then there's Spectre which that's a little bit more groovy Traitor's Gate is a pretty great song uh it, the other song that might be my favorite, I think this is my favorite on the is called No Surrender. Mm-hmm. And it's it sounds like it could have come off Screaming for Vengeance. Right on. It's really good. Nice. And then, uh, like I said, Lone Wolf doesn't do much for me. Uh, sea of Red ends the album and it starts off really mellow and it, it's like one of those big epic songs yeah. you know that's heavy this song like you remember on the book of souls album from iron maiden they had the, like that empire of the clouds right 18 minute thing right yeah this has the same type of vibe it How sounds long is it? it no it's only five minutes oh, okay. or almost six but thank you <laughs> don't do that no to us but like, it's like it, maiden does. it sounds like priest doing an iron maiden song yeah it's good but it's it's a little strange but overall, I mean, but none of the songs are skip skip worthy. Like okay. they're all so it's good all the way. You're going to enjoy every song, all right, just at awesome. different different levels. That's all. Cool. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's damn good. It's I wanted you know because you know me, I'm pretty critical about stuff. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find stuff where I'm like ah fuck that or oh that's bad. It's good. I mean, it's a really good record. Awesome. And, like, it's going to be damn hard to... I knew it would be. It's going to be damn hard to take this out of my top three for the year. Nice. It's possible. It's Right now, it's my number one. There's no question. Well, good. Then I feel like I made the right decision by going at this the way I am. I respect Jews Priest too much to just, you know, listen to it in bits and pieces. Oh. I want to hear the whole thing all at once. You're going to enjoy it. And I want to look at the CD sleeve while I'm doing it. I'm, yes. not, I'm not the craziest about the art, but it's okay. Um... Also in Judas Priest news, they kicked off the tour in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. I heard they've had a pretty kick-ass set list. They did. Uh, they played on, on Tuesday, March 13th. They played at Mohegan Sun Arena. Our buddy uh, Steve Wright from the Potter Than Hell podcast had front row seats for it, and he was nice. streaming parts of the show. All right. Thanks for that, Steve. Um, so you only go over the set list here? Sure. All right. They open with Firepower. Cool. You know, makes sense. And they go into Running Wild. And then Grinder. What? And then Sinner kick ass then the ripper holy shit then they do lightning strike from the new album yeah then they do bloodstone from screaming for vengeance no shit wow and then i love that song get the then they play saints in hell the first time they've (sighs) ever played it live i love that song (laughs) so much then they play turbo lover then the weirdest entry into the set list to me angel from angel of retribute the ballad yeah wow that is strange it's a weird left turn and then it goes into Evil Never Dies from the new album. I love that they're playing a good chunk of the new album. You know, Rob Helfer really loves that song, Angel. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that? I just always, that's what I thought that that was like his thing. Like that was his big contribution. Like he really, really loved that song. Yeah. So then Evil Never Dies from the new one. Then they play Some Heads Are Gonna Roll. Nice. From Defenders. Then Breaking the Law, Hellbent for Leather, Painkiller, 
And then it's all the what you'd expect. Then the Hellion into Electric Eye, yeah. Metal Gods, you've got another thing coming, and then Living After Midnight. Sweet. That's an amazing set list. I can't believe they're playing Saints in Hell. I know. That's one of my all-time favorite pre-songs. Song. Yeah, but it's... How are you going to argue with that set list? No. Nope. Other bands should take note. Yeah, so I guess, you know... You know they, you're going to have your, your stuff at the end, but, you know, leading up to it, you can mix it up a little. Oh, and let me just mention this. You know, obviously filling in for Glenn Tipton is Andy Sneap, who produced Firepower with Tom Allum, who they yeah. brought back. Man, the, the overall thing... Uh, Thank God for Tom Allen and Andy Sneap because it's a quantum leap in production from the last one. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better. And it's it's exactly how you would want Judas Priest to sound. Everything sounds nice and muscular. Nice. And Andy Sneap's filling in. We'll see how he does on the tour. You know, some big shoes to fill with Glenn For Tipton. sure. So uh, I wish them all the best and I hope they announce a Nashville date. Yes. Yeah, because I want to go. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Yeah, they're not coming anywhere near us right now. So I got to think there's another leg being planned. I hope so. Yeah. All right. All right. That's, so that's, that's a Judas hell of a Priest. way to kick off the news. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Um, oh, this was one of my, my only contribution. <laughs> I got this one. Uh, Kid Rock has been named as a celebrity inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2018. He's great at suplexing people, I guess. No, he's great at contributing music to different wrestling shows. Oh, is that why he's... <laughs> He was basically the song American Badass changed wrestling history. Really? Because The Undertaker had always been known as, you know, The Undertaker with the gloves and the long curly hair. And in early 2000s, he became the American Badass, where he didn't come out with the smoke and the urn and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. He came out with sunglasses, leather pants, and a motorcycle. Oh, okay. And so he was able to change his whole persona because after a while, that Undertaker being the kind of got to be kind of a hokey character in a lot of ways, you yeah. know. And in the early 2000s, it was time for an update, you know, to change. And, and now he's eventually gone back to his classic, you know. Yeah. He's still doing it? Yeah, he's still. Well, oh, he's got to be he'll old be, by now. Yeah, he'll be back at WrestleMania. <laughs> but. <Jeez>. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, pretty cool. You know, Kid Rock's music, I think, I was thinking about this, it definitely connects with wrestling fans. Yeah. You know, it's there's a common demographic there for sure. And I think almost everybody likes Kid Rock. Because if you say to somebody, do you like Kid Rock? On an average, just on the streets, somebody's going, oh, that song, you know, only God knows why. Yeah, I like Kid Rock. Uh-huh. Or you, somebody like me is going to say... Yeah, them kick-ass rock tunes that he does that nobody talks about right. that are B-sides and this and that. You know, with Kenny Olsen and yeah. Jason Krause just ripping on guitar. Yeah, I like Kid Rock. And then you're going to get people that kind of like rap, and they're going to yeah, I like Kid Rock. And then you're going to get the people that like the Yacht Rock stuff that he does. Yeah, and marketing-wise, he's he he's hits everywhere. all angles. Yeah. Do you think, isn't he a little old to call himself Kid Rock, though? Well, you, what do you guys do? Dad Rock? The dad Rock ain't cool. I'd be he like, should be Dad Rock. be like Old Man Rock. I'm old man rock, like old man river. Yeah, like just, I'm not Kid Rock no more. I'm I'm old man rock. Yeah, Kid Rock just like sounds that. funny for a guy who's what, has he like fifty now. I'm sure around in there somewhere. He's around our age, yeah. right? A little older, maybe. I would say. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's his name. You can't change it now. He's Kid Rock. So, He'll always be so Kid Rock. Kid Rock joins Donald Trump in the WWE. Yeah. Hall of Fame. And Drew Carey and <laughs> Drew Rose. Carey. Yeah. All right, we're gonna have to have a whole episode about why that happens, other than, <laughs> other than to sell tickets. Okay. Celebrity wing. All right. So. um... 
It's cool. Former guest of the show and most one of most the most underrated songwriters ever, Donnie V, is funding his new album through Pledge Music. I love it. I love Pledge Music and how this works for bands nowadays that, you know, maybe off the radar of some record companies or just decides, you know what, I, I think I can do this myself, you know, and through Pledge Music. And there's so many bands that have done that in recent years where they say, well, we don't know if there's a demand for an album from us. Let's put it on Pledge Music and see what happens. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's an album we've been hoping for for a while. You know, he's, Donnie's been through a lot personally, went through uh, rehab and then yeah. came out the other side. And we talked to him last year. At length. Yeah, told us uh, what it took to regain the feeling of being able to create again. Yeah. You know, and obviously he's found it. Have you um, gone on YouTube and seen some of the the personal videos of him performing at his house that he's done? No, uh uh-uh. I found one, you know, I I don't know if it's him living with his sister or or whatever, but uh, somebody's filming him in a house. It's where I'm assuming it's where he lives. Yeah. He's just he, the one that really struck me was uh, him at a home piano or home little keyboard with a mic, and there's just candles sitting there. And he he did you know the song "Bridge Over Troubled Water"? Yeah, you know, it's classic. Right. It's him doing a cover of that, but it's you know knowing what that guy's been through, it it he it put everything into it. But and this is just a home video, but it's just. Uh, I wish the guy all the best. I really hope that that the album gets funded. I think it's around forty percent funded now, with about fifty six right days left. Well, and, he's got uh, mine, you know, and yeah. everybody else rally up. Oh, yeah, you I'm know? planning on ordering a copy too. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's got he's been through a lot, and uh, I'm excited to see what he puts out. And you know, we, so we have Donny V music and uh, enough is enough music coming. Yeah. So, so, so it's good. if you want to see rock and roll stay alive, and you, like I've said it, we say it every episode. You know, every band we play, every band we talk about, you know, support them, Please support them, keep them alive. And here's a perfect opportunity to do one: get yourself some great new music, and two help out a worthy cause and that causes donnie v to show this guy hey man you're valued and Mm -hmm. we want you to keep creating music you know that's what this whole decibel geek thing is all about yeah so kick in get on there it's pledgemusic.com projects donnie v new album and he already put one song out called all surrender as a a preview and it it sounds like what you would hope for yeah exactly okay uh Close to home, uh, our friends in Denman, you know, one of the most promising young bands uh, from Nashville, just finished their first full-length album with Michael Wagner producing. That's awesome. And uh, this band, I think, has a real bright future. And and we talked to them at that Chips and Up at the uh, Rare Hair thing, and they were super stoked that, you know, it was finally at completion. Yeah, they're uh, they're really excited to share it with everybody, and we're excited to hear it. You know, because so far all they've put out is an EP, but that EP alone has turned a lot of heads. Yes. And, you know, we talked about the Rock and Pod Expo from, you know, earlier on the show, but the, they, they were one of the bands at the pre-party last year. And they wowed everybody. Yes, they, they were did. They were the talk of the expo the next day. Yeah. I had so many people go, wow, Denman was awesome. And they got a lot of press out of uh, a lot of podcasts after that, that weekend because everyone was just so blown away by them. Right. They're good guys, too, on top of that. I mean, oh, they're not they're only talented sweet. and good songwriters, but they're really nice guys. So they have their heads screwed on straight, so... And they Sky's freaking the rock, man. They yeah. freaking rock. That's most important. And, and they're uh, working with Michael Wagner. Yeah. Oh, wait. Whoa. Hold on a second. Oh, I'm getting some breaking news right here. Whoa. Um. Okay. 
Michael Wagner has got a haircut. <laughs> but wait, wait, hang on. Unlike Samson from the Bible and Metallica, this will not affect his superpowers in any way. He's not going to put eyeliner on or no. anything. No, everything's going to be fine. Okay. <laughs> and to break in there real quick with that, I just got that from the... If I see him with a cigar, I'm going to be scared. From the news producers. Yeah, okay. You didn't do the... Did it, did it, did it. Well, that was in the year. I was in the year. Okay, okay. You know, maybe if this goes well enough, we can afford sound effects for next time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Michael cut, cut off his hair, so he be, he went from being the mad professor to the dapper professor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so congrats to Denman, and also uh, go on their Facebook page. They're doing this cool thing where they do like a riff of the week thing, where they you know one of either Ben or Dakota will play like a famous riff, like a George Lynch solo or something. Right. On. It's really fun to follow. And those guys are so awesome. They're great guys. We should have had Michael Wagner. Say Send us the clippings of his hair, and we could raffle that off for Rock oh, Expo donations. No. Yeah, that's what he's like. yeah. And, and, and when we approach him with that, he goes, I am never talking yeah, to you guys again. Get away from me, yeah, creeps. Me <laughs> I will file a restraining order, just like Slash had to do for this guy. Speaking of yeah, which. What's up with that? There's a segue. I should be called Captain Segway after that. All right. So, poor Slash. According to TMZ. Slash was granted a temporary restraining order against a man he says tried to gain access to his property. Is it like a super fan? Apparently, the guy he tried to convince his girl Slash's girlfriend that he was Slash's buddy, so he could go inside the house during a Super Bowl party Slash was throwing. He just wanted to party with Slash. Right. She said, "You're going to defend the stalker." <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> Why not? All right. If I'm hanging out at my Slash's house and he's having a Super Bowl party, I'd be like, hey. Yeah. Well, so she says no. I'm Chris Sinzak. Don't bring me Let into me this. In. So when uh, she said no, he I guess he became irate and uh, rang the doorbell multiple times. Oh, and that ain't the way Smashed the security camera. Okay. I'm not on his side anymore. And then apparently he shows back up two weeks later during an invitation-only party and once again claimed to be Slash's buddy. And he was turned away, and he sat on his motorcycle in the parking lot and revved its engine over and over again. See, yeah, I mean, you gotta. I don't. I don't see no fault with trying. Can't you know, Gilby Clark find bring, something better to hey, do? Than, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> see, you laugh. That is funny. Though. <laughs> okay. I know things. I know you're bored, Gilby, but come on. I was on Slash's snake pick. Axel won't return my calls. I got to do something. Oh man. All right. <laughs> and uh, in other slash news, his band featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, apparently they started working on a new record in January. So what does that mean? Axel's working on Axel DC? Oh, Is there no... I hope so, because I really want to see that. I do too. That's not on our list here today, but I would love to see yeah. uh, Axel Rose ACDC album. Yeah. And I don't care how, much, how many of you purists are pissed off at me saying that. Come on. I mean, it's just for the curiosity factor you want to hear. Just because you know it's going to rock, and if we can't get a hard rock and Guns N' Roses album, I mean, you know that's going to be it's just so that's y- going to be a straight up rock album with Axl Rose singing yeah. on it. I mean, like, that's as an ACDC purist. If I was a purist to ACDC, you know, I'd be like, oh, I only listen to Bon Scott, but. If this was the case, I'd be like, well, okay, well, I won't consider this to really be an ACDC album, and maybe they should just call it Axel DC. We've had this conversation Might as well. before. Call it Axel DC. Well, whatever don't they call, call it. it. Don't call it ACDC. I don't really care. But either way, I want to hear it. I do, too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, poor Slash going through trouble there. 
But uh, I, like I said, I can't blame the guy for trying to get into the party. But once the answer is no, just leave. You yeah. know, don't be an asshole and break stuff and demand to get in. I mean, you can't fault a guy for trying to ring the doorbell and be like, yeah, I'm Slash's pal. Can I come in and hang out? Well, well he might have said yes, you know, and you could have went in and hung out. And maybe you could have become Slash's best friend. But no, you screwed it up by being a dumbass. Slash, I don't care if you did play on Use Your Illusion. You're not coming in, Gilby. Sorry. Gilby, Gilby is never coming on the show. You, if that's the case, I'm pissed because I love Gilby Clark. <laughs> All right, okay. And we were told Gilby might be working on something new. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, last story before we go to break. Iron Maiden has settled the lawsuit over the band's classic song "Hallowed Be Thy Name." I read a little something about this. All right, let me. I'm just going to read the story. I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. A year ago, retired rock band manager Barry McKay took Steve Harris and Dave Murray to court over the track, claiming reproduced major parts of another song, Life's Shadow, co-written nearly a decade earlier by Brian Quinn under the name Brian Ingham. Life's Shadow was a collaboration between Quinn and Robert Barton, who later recorded the song for a self-titled album in 1974 by the band Beckett. Hmm. Never heard of Beckett. At the time, Beckett was managed by Rod Smallwood, who went on to become the manager of... Iron Maiden. Okay. That's there's your link. So in court so documents they're saying basically that guy brought the song with him. Seems like it. So in court documents, Steve Harris's lawyers admitted he saw Beckett perform in nineteen seventy three and said that his that the band's debut was one of his favorite albums when it was first released. Okay. Although McKay has said that uh, Harris and Murray have been ordered to pay approximately one point two five million in costs and damages, a spokesperson for Iron Maiden said that the figure is much lower. And I'll attribute this to blabbermouth.net because they're the ones who did the story. We do not believe that Brian Quinn was the one who wrote these six lines in question over 40 years ago, as was claimed by Barry McKay, the Maiden spokesperson said. However, due to escalating legal fees and the potential huge cost of a court case, it was pragmatic to reluctantly settle this action with McKay for approximately $139,000, a fraction of what he brought the action for. Mm A serial litigant like Mr. McKay would have foreseen this. So it was kind of a, uh, a dig thrown at the end. Right. Saying that this guy is like a professional sewer. Yeah. In, in response to Maiden's statement, McKay says, To call me a serial litigant is sour grapes. Harrison Murray and their managers appear to me to be bad losers. However, I am not. I am now also representing three other songwriters who also allege that Steve Harris and Dave Murray have profiteered from lyrics that they wrote. No. If that makes me a serial litigant, so be it. I guess it does. I mean, that's one. One down, three to go. And he says, mutual, mus- musicians who have their intellectual property exploited by others who did not write or compose it are entitled to professional assistance. That's, you know, that is a valid statement. I, I don't know. Do you, have you heard this song? Is there a place to hear this song? Well, I thought we would do an A-B comparison as we go into the break. Thoughts with Peter Chris. I've been here almost three years. You never even thought it in my direction. 
worship at the heavy metal altar of molten British steel. Judas Priest. Live. The Madness of Iron Maiden. On stage, the power of Axe. This Tuesday night at the Checkerdome Amphitheater. KWK welcomes the priest, Iron Maiden, and Axe. Tickets in Backstage Records, Spectrum, Yield Records, Co-op, Record Works, Night Amusement, Music Vision, and River Road. And at the Checkerdome Box Office, Style Ticks, 644-1700. From Contemporary Productions. Before we get back to all the late-breaking Decibel Geek news here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, man, we got to take a quick break and let you know about some of the stuff we got going on. Of course, Rockin' Pod Expo, too. We talked a little bit about it on the opening of the show. Look it up. Rock, the letter N, Pod 2018. 2018 for GoFundMe. At GoFundMe. Yeah. Go make your donations today. Think about what kind of episodes you want to do, what you want us to do, what you want to do with us. You yeah, want to do radio. Excited to have people on. You want to do radio sucks radio shows where you turn us on to all your favorite bands, and not just us, but the whole world. Do you want to talk to us about your favorite band? Do you want to do a, a discography discussion? Do you want to just do something random, something new, something nobody's ever done before? Do you got a great idea for a Decibel yeah. Geek podcast episode? You know. Do you want to come to the Rockin' Pod Expo? Do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to see us take this thing from what we did last year, which was amazing, Mm -hmm. and take it up a notch? Do you want to see podcasting be more recognized on the whole? Do you want to to be a part of it all? Well, that's how you do it. Rock and Pod 2018 Mm -hmm. at GoFundMe. Make your donation today. Let's get this ball rolling on that bad boy. And, you know, it's awesome. And we hope everybody can come be a part of it. Yeah, if all of you listening just do five bucks, even uh, yeah. it'll 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 make a world of difference. And even or if you can't do any money at all, sh- at least share the link. Just right. help us get it out there, guys. This is completely grassroots DIY. I have no corporate sponsorship. No, none. Need all the help we can get. And I'm sorry for groveling. But, well, actually, no, I'm not. You no. know, we give this show to you for free, so deal with the advertising. Right. Yeah. So think about it like that. You know, if we've given you this show for free for over seven years now. Kick us a little something, yeah, you know. This, give us a little love. Yeah, this mean there's no money going into my pocket. Out we of do this. it once a year. All no, right. we want to make sure everybody that we need to have in town to make the Rock and Pot Expo two as great as it can be can be here. Okay, so Amazon, Amazon. You know how it works. You go to Amazon. You do your shopping. Of course you do. But first, go to decibelgeek.com. Click on our banner. Try not to get distracted by all the awesome articles and opportunities to buy T-shirts. Just concentrate on your shopping. Go to amazon.com through our link, and they give us the list. Yeah, we get a list of everything you buy. And uh, it was a good good week this week. And some of the more notable purchases, which I don't know why this first one's notable, but I thought it was kind of funny. Somebody bought a pound of Atomic Fireball candy. Wow, a pound. How, that's a lot, I would think. Huh? Yeah. Hope you bought some Pepto Bismol to go along with that. <laughs> Jesus. All right. But eat them all in one sitting. A lot of movies bought this week. Cool. Jim Cotta was bought. Do you remember Jim Cotta? Uh uh-uh. uh. It was from the 80s. It was this thing where this guy's a gymnast, but he's also a ninja. 
And like he would, or he'd beat, he was a karate master and would beat up ninjas. Jim Cotta. Yeah. I'll check that out. No, I don't know. No, you don't need to check it out. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Made it sound so cool for a second. The the cover's kind of funny looking, but uh, also Justice League was bought, Thor Thor Ragnarok on Blu-ray. Right on. The Princess and the Frog. I don't Uh, think I know that one. Room on the Broom. Or that one. And Cannonball 1 and 2 were purchased. Is it Cannonball or Cannonball Run? Oh, Cannonball Run. Oh, okay. Yeah, Cannonball yeah, Run. Nice. One Can't go wrong two. with those. Those are all-time classic, awesome movies. Yeah, they're films. Actual films. Yes. Yeah. Motion pictures. Yeah. Dom DeLuise <laughs> Burt Reynolds rule. All right. And then in music, uh, Miles Kennedy, Year of the Tiger was bought. Cool. And Nazareth, the anthology that's a two-disc set, was purchased. Right on. A lot of good music in that, I'm sure. And then a strange trend in digital music. We sold songs... To people from Blackhawk, Keith Whitley, Leanne Rimes, Restless Heart, and Tim McGraw. See, now that just goes to show that you can just set up your family's Amazon link, the yeah. one that they go to on their desktop. You can set it up. You go to Decibel Geek, you go through our link, and then save that as your desktop icon. And then people go and they buy their stuff, and they don't even realize that they're helping hard rock and classic metal. At least it wasn't Florida Georgia Line. At least it's decent yeah, the, country. The Tim McGraw fans are now helping the yeah, Tora Tora I, fans, and the Leanne Rimes fans are now helping out the Jizzy Pearl fans, and the Keith Whitney fans are helping out Donnie V. See how that works? It's beautiful. They don't even have to know. Works for me. <laughs> and then you got the rock and rollers. And then the rock and roll purchases of the week. Black Country Communion Sway. I can't go wrong with that. That's a great song. Uh, and somebody really likes Glenn Hughes. And California Breed, they bought the songs Sweet Tea, Scars, and All Falls Down. All three great songs. That, I wish that band did more than that. They, yeah, me they too. They were good enough to keep going. And then finishing off the music purchases, Ace Fraley, the Anomaly at Deluxe Edition. Isn't this two weeks in a row for that? I think so. That's awesome. Is this... It, it, man, is if, this the if, new sticks? If Anomaly is the new sticks, man, <laughs> or that's yes? good. Was it yeah, sticks or yes? Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, back to the news. And uh, I don't know if this was really that. This Where's isn't... the Enough's Enough albums? I don't know. What's going on here? That's, I know we turned you so everybody already has all the Enough Snuff albums, huh? I don't know about that. I challenge you to pick a random Enough Snuff album, go through our link at decibelgeek.com and buy it, and then let us know what you think of it. You'll get bonus cool points. Totally. So, all right, so Lynch Mob is in the news this week. They uh, recruited singer Nathan Utz to front the band. And Lynch Mob's still going? Yeah, they are. Oni Logan left the band recently. Uh, I'm not sure what he's going to do. Because um, he was the original Lynch yeah. Mob singer. Well, and then and the funny thing is, is they did a few shows with Robert Mason filling in recently. I really liked Robert Mason in Lynch Mob. Because he Bob. did this, the other album. But um, Nathan Utz, there's not a lot. I didn't know much about him. Um, he's from Atlanta. Do you remember a late 80s, early 90s band called The Blondes? B-L-O-N-Z? Yes, Z, yes. Yeah. He was the singer for that band. Okay, cool. And I guess right he's on. also the front. They were good. He's also the front man for an Aerosmith tribute band called Pandora's Box. Well, so, you got to be a good singer to be able to do that. Well, he made his live debut this past Friday, March 9th, in Medina, Minnesota. But that's uh, weird, man. There was a rumor that 
some some people were like speculating that Oni Logan was going to join uh, Jakey Lee with Red Red Dragon Cartel. That would be kind of interesting. But they decided against it. They uh, they're sticking with Darren James Smith, who was the singer yeah. on the first album, which I thought he did a really good job. I like the guy's voice. He, I mean, he, I think he he didn't ingratiate himself to the fan base by being trashed at their first show at the Whiskey, and he was kind of rude to people. But I think that was maybe for, he was nervous. I was gonna say that's yeah. nerves and. Uh, but I think I love his voice. I think he's got yeah. a really unique voice. The toughest thing for him is that when anybody listens to that album, the song with Robin Zander is the one that really grabs you, and so it's hard. Oh, feeder, to, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, I got this awesome new lead singer, but then also there's this great song with the guy from Cheap Trick. So yeah. it's always that song over overshadows the rest of the album. I think. But that track "Deceives" that has uh, that has uh, Darren on it. Sounds, yeah. that sounds a lot like uh, "Bark at the Moon." Yeah. That's a pretty great song. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, yeah. so All right, so huh. if you're into Lynch Mob, then that's the new guy. Uh, also, uh, Molly Crew, The Dirt, the movie is now in production. Yeah, right. It is. Uh-huh, sure. They've been saying that for, let me guess, Johnny Knoxville and Ashton Kutcher are going to play the the retiring versions of Motley Crue, right. right, at the end of the movie. It would have been good if that was the case. They then, talked about that when we were kids. That was the early rumor. Like, that was supposed to be the thing, that this movie was supposed to yep. happen years ago. Well, it's actually being filmed in New Orleans right now. Wow. And, uh, so is this going to be like a major motion picture release? It's being made for Netflix. Okay. And uh, which that's kind of the trend these days. Yeah. But uh, in the news about this is apparently a crew member was rushed to the hospital because he got electrocuted during production. A member of the crew? Yeah. Not the Motley crew. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I guess it happened Saturday morning and he was working on a rooftop and got shocked is what they're saying. Wow. I suppose you got to think about it. If they're recreating Motley Crue experiences for this movie, I mean, that's a that's a hell of an undertaking yeah. for like some of the concert footage. Now, I don't know. So, if... how will they do that? Will they like have like a ton of people say like they're talking about like on the you know theater pain tour? Mm-hmm. How are they going to film them live on stage with a massive audience like that? CGI. Yeah, I guess so. You can yeah, you can do anything with anything that stuff now. nowadays. But do you want to hear some of the? I don't know if you'll know any of these cast members, but I'll tell you who's in the movie. Well, it's being directed by Jeff Tremaine, who you'll know from Jackass and the Jackass movie Bad Grandpa. He's, and he couldn't get Johnny Knoxville in there to play. Yeah, no, you would have thought so, right? Elderly Nikki Six. No, the uh, it'll star Daniel Weber as Vince Neil. He was in the in the Punisher. Okay. Douglas Booth is playing Nikki Six. Um, a guy named Ewan Rion from Game of Thrones is playing Mick Mars. Okay. And the weirdest casting one, Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper, is playing Tommy Lee. I could actually see that. I guess it does kind of make sense now yeah. that I think about it. And, uh, and at the end of the movie, Ashton Kutcher gets beat up by his son. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I, that was I, this I, I, week, was, right? I was trying to avoid talking about that whole <laughs> clusterfuck of of ridiculousness, but well, only because I read the news story on the well, I don't know what <sighs> website was it. Mm, oh yeah, decibelgeek.com. That's Baco's fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wrote that article. I think he broke the story. Like he happened no. to be looking at Twitter at the right time or something. So yeah, so Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson talk shit about each other in the press, and Tommy Lee's son showed up and punched not Tommy in the face. 
the and, end. And Heather Locklear's not doing so hot oh, either. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> yeah but are we going to be that show? What are we, croak Cobras and Fire? <laughs> We're not that funny. We'll leave it to them. Um, but yeah, so I well, don't that's know. That's cool, man. I that's good. Finally, but, the Motley Crue movie. But do you, don't you think that there's no way it lives up to its potential at this point? I mean, it, it's the, been built up for way too long. Yeah, but I don't know. It's been a long time since the book The Dirt has come out. Yeah. It's been a long time since I personally read it. I remember at the time of reading it thinking this is the greatest rock book I've ever read because I liked the oh, way I loved it, it had conflicting yeah. viewpoints on stuff. I loved it because, like, one chapter would be Vince telling the story, and then the next chapter would bleed over into Mick telling exactly the right. same story, from but angle. from a totally different perspective. And then, like, Tommy saying, yeah, yeah, Vince sucker punched me. And then the story with Vince saying, yeah, I totally, you know, he asked for it. I straight up knocked him out, you know, and all this crazy stuff. But it, the insanity of their lives, I mean, can it ever truly be portrayed in that way to where you could really understand exactly what it was. I mean, it should be fun, at least. If it can be as good as the VH1 Def Leppard movie, then I'll be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that? Yes, that was awful. Yeah. Yeah, no. Bad, but I I think I watched it five times. Yeah. I don't know why. It's one of those, it's junk food for your brain, apparently. Wow. The meatloaf one's pretty good, too. I don't remember the meatloaf one. It's good. I'll check that out. (laughs) I don't know. An actor playing meatloaf? Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for bad TV. Uh, So, yeah. So, Motley Crue, The Dirt. um, So, filming going on, and if it sticks to the schedule it has so far, it'll be out in 2039. Right. Exactly. Um, so uh, Johnny Knoxville's great great grandchild, right? So uh, that's what we have for the news, and we have to get in with our special guest now. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. You guys are in for a treat. I think you're going to really get a new appreciation for Frontiers Records by hearing this. I think it's cool, and and, and having Nick on was great, and uh, we hope to have him back soon. So I hope you guys enjoy our talk with uh, Nick Teeter, and uh, be thinking about what you want to come on the show and do seriously, and then donate Rock and Pot Expo two. It's really cool to have you on because in, in the seven years of doing this podcast, I can't even imagine how many songs and artists from Frontiers right. we have covered on yeah. this show. It It's like the go-to label for our audience pretty much. And this is uh, – it's cool to connect with someone who's right there on the ground and you guys have a Nashville office and you're the guy here in Nashville. So – Let's just get a little bit of history on you first and a little bit on the uh, the label, if you can. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, guys. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat with you. So thanks thanks again for that. You guys and your listeners, since you've been uh, so kindly giving giving us coverage for so long, you're, you're probably, you know, fully aware of somewhat of the history here. You know, the label was started in, in 1996 in, in Naples, Italy. And uh, Serafino, who who owns the uh, label, it started off as a distribution company because he saw an opportunity there in in, in Italy where nobody was really distributing melodic rock or or helping these bands and these labels out there. 
And he's a huge Journey fan. The label's named after the the Journey album Frontiers. And that's really what his passion was. He was really into that melodic rock, super passionate music guy. And eventually, pretty quickly, actually, he turned it into a label because he said, you know, hey, I might as well just start putting out these bands' albums and promoting them. And then eventually he got into finding, you know, obviously he loved the White Snakes and the Mr. Biggs and the Warrants and those kind of bands that that was great. 80s hard rock bands and then the 70s bands too uriah heap yes asia toto all that stuff and he wanted to give those guys an outlet to create new music and put it out so they had been slowly making their way into north america uh with with baby steps and when i came on board it was actually seven years ago this month i came on board uh with frontiers and it was right away like hey, we just put out What If by Mr. Big. We're geared up to put out uh, Forevermore by Whitesnake. You know, so as a fan of all this music, I was in heaven. You know, What If by Mr. Big is, I think, a very good argument to be made. That's one of their best albums. I agree. And then Forevermore. Yeah, you know, and Forevermore, I felt, um, I really do think, honestly, I think that was the best Whitesnake album since the self-titled album. So it was was a really exciting time to come into the label. And I came on board... um, I, my background, I'll give you a very condensed version of it. I, I've been in the business uh, 20 years now. I started off in uh, publicity uh, up, up at a label in New York City. And then uh, I got moved into uh, sales and marketing. The, the guy who, who ran the label was this guy, Danny Goldberg, a legendary record guy, ran yeah. major labels, managed Nirvana, you know, had his, uh, was the tour publicist for Led Zeppelin. You know, I had this incredible history, and and one day he said, I I don't think we're using you right having you do uh, publicity. So he threw me into something I had had never done before, and that was was sales stuff. And then from there, I eventually uh, got more involved on the marketing side, and I really wanted to be a product manager, head of marketing person, and I started my own consulting company back in 2008. And that led me to uh, Frontiers eventually. Seven years ago, I got hooked up with Frontiers through a mutual acquaintance. And uh, then I was working, consulting with Frontiers. I was working for a management company, this management company called Indigute, who has uh, great bands, Hailstorm mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. moment, Shinedown, uh, Highly Suspect, a bunch of great you know, modern r- rock bands like that. And so I was learning a ton there because... You know, I was on the management side of the fence as opposed to the label side of the fence. So I developed, you know, over the years, you know, the perspective of seeing it from a label side of things and the artist advocacy side of things, too. So it's a really, you know, not to toot my own horn, but, you know, I have that good, healthy balance of seeing things from from multiple angles. And um, my wife and I were just burnt out on New York City. And we have a, have a little girl. We wanted to move someplace to, you know, give her a better better life, better upbringing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stay in music, so Nashville it was, you know? And uh, right when that was happening, uh, I left the management company and was we were, were gearing up to move down here, and Serafino, who owns the label, called me up. He said, you know, I really want to ramp up in North America now, big time, and I, needed, I need somebody to be a general manager in North America and run the label for me. And I said to him, do you mind if that person's based in Nashville? And he, he kind of laughed and said, well, I mean, all the musicians are there, all the right. studios are there. You know, you guys know living down here, how many how many awesome rock musicians live in this town? It's... Yeah, all the best ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? 
So he he saw it as a you know obviously LA's got it very much got its environment. New York's got a ton of industry and a ton of musicians. Right. But you know he he you know Nashville's got a great vibe going on, and um, he thought it made total sense to have someone based here uh, working with the with the label and somebody he knew already, of course, because we've been working together for six years already. Mm, so awesome. it was just this seamless transition. And, you know, the goals now for the label is obviously, you know, we're going to keep putting out um, these great bands and, and that want to keep making music and, and releasing records. We're going to continue to work with them because that's a big part of what Frontiers does. But next steps, you know, we really want to. And I, I know Chris and Aaron, you know, before we got on the phone to do this, you know, you're talking about you know, some of the bands you like, like Inglorious and Animal Drive and others, you know, those bands we really want to develop and turn into the next rulers of the roost of the rock world. Because, you know, it's, what's going to happen with the awesome bands from the 80s is, you know, time stops for no man, right? So eventually they're going to retire or not really feel like they want to record new music or whatever. And, you know, we need that next generation of bands to keep carrying the torch. Yeah, I agree. And, and also it, it's evidence of, you know, how influential a lot of these bands still are because right. you, you get all these new bands that are, that are, you know, anyone saying rock and roll is dead is a moron. I mean, right. just, just yeah. listen to all these great new bands and they, they would have been big in the eighties also Bigfoot or, uh, Inglorious or, uh, well, Sh- bands, Lane. And we've or, said a million times, you know, just because these bands are getting played on the radio, the way that these style bands used to at one time doesn't mean that there's a lack of talent and quality in the music of today. It's just that it's almost impossible to find. But thanks to you and Frontiers, I mean, we got the best of both worlds here because we got the classic bands that are still creating new music, and I love that so much, you know. It would break my heart if a band like L.A. Guns just stopped creating new music and only played the hits, you know, because these are great artists that have always created great music and the fact that they're still around doing it is just amazing to me in 2018 you know bands like that that are coming out with this stuff and are still influential to the younger bands which frontiers is also out there finding and cultivating and man it's it's a beautiful thing i love it so much yeah and i think you know i'm a huge uh la guns fan so i come at this all from a fan perspective so you know you tell my 15-year-old self, I was going to be talking to Tracy Guns about his new album. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I was like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the good news for, for, for everybody is that uh, they're writing on a, they're working on new songs right now. They're going to have a, a new album out. The goal is to have a new album out next year wow. already, nice. you know. And I think everyone who heard The Missing Piece gets that there was a newfound energy there. You know, something really sparked in that band when Phil and Tracy got back together. And I'm I can't I as a fan I cannot wait to see what they come up with next because the missing piece was just so good. Yeah, it was a great album. The only thing about it was it seemed it just had a kind of vibe to it, like these guys were back feeling each other out. But I we talked about it when that album came out. We both think the next album is going to be out of this freaking world because I think the reconnecting period with the missing piece is now over. I don't disagree with you. I think that's a very astute observation. And yeah, I think that it's gelled even more at this point. I don't know. It's really exciting. I, I'm I'm with you guys, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Right on. I love this because he's he's for real. He's Nick <laughs> is the real deal, man. There's nobody better to be taking care of North America with Frontiers than this guy because you can tell just by listening to him. 
this guy's a real deal. He's like us. Well, listen, man, I'm sitting here when uh, Frontiers did the first Striper album. I took my To Hell with the Devil final with me and had Michael sign it for me, you know, because Striper was my first concert with Hurricane opening. You know, this is to me, this stuff is amazing. Uh, It's an honor to get to work with all these artists who who just uh, were a soundtrack of my life growing up. And and that's a good segue, because let's talk about Striper a bit. Obviously, we're passionate about Striper these days because our friend Perry is now their bass player, who's he's been on yeah. the, been on the show a few times. It's great. It's uh, the things are really full steam ahead for them right now. When the the new song and video for Sorry came out, I think just in the past week, I love it. Uh, great video, songs really well done. You know, they it sounds cohesive, and uh, we're excited to see them. They're coming into Nashville in June, I believe. I got to ask you, Nick, as as a fan, what is your take on Take It to the Cross? The perks of the job, I got to hear it well before anybody else did. And Michael sent it to me, and he's like, yeah, Matt from Shadows Fall came in. Now, I loved Shadows Fall because, I, I, you know, as much as I love the 80s hard rock and stuff, mm-hmm. I, and I'm really into the, the thrash metal, the death metal, uh, you know, the stuff like Relapse and Nuclear Blast and all that stuff puts out. So the growls to me, you know, I, I kind of listen to that style of music already so they weren't jarring to me Uh so i get if you're on more of the melodic you know side of the fence and that's kind of your thing how that song was a bit shocking but Mm. listen this is this is michael man he pushes the envelope he says i'm gonna mix it up you know cyber is speeding up they're not slowing down i mean (laughs) to me it's kind of amazing that you look back at their career and I mean, sure, it's hard. If you're a longtime fan, it's hard to separate the memories from To Hell with the Devil or Soldiers Under Command or whatever. Like, those albums are always going to be your favorite because you're going to remember being a a teenager rocking out to them. But these new albums are, it might be the best stuff they've ever done. So I've, when I heard Take It to the Cross, I thought it was brilliant. I really did. The chorus didn't bother me in the slightest. I thought it was pushing the envelope. said to michael i said to me this is your 21st century version of against the law yeah because people are freaking out it's not like an image change like you had with against the law but people are freaking out because wait this isn't what we're used to right And, and they don't know what to make of it and i think it's smart and i think it's really vital for an artist to do that to push the envelope and try new things Without, I mean, let's face it, you, you, you guys heard, sorry, they're still Striper. Oh, right. sure. Oh, yeah. You know. I mean, it was 
I'll admit, I it was jarring for me. Yeah, it blew um, me away for sure. But uh, but it's one of those I kind of go back and forth. I'm, part of me is going, "What the hell?" And then the other part of me is going, "Well." It's really cool. It definitely it, uh, well, and it accomplished the ultimate goal, which is getting people to talk about it because right, it certainly sure. uh, it dominated the the music part of the internet for quite a while there. And uh, yeah, I pretty much everyone I know is either sp- is split one way or another on it. Um, oh, I love it. I was listening to it. I was like, man, this sounds like good kick ass striper. And then all of a sudden, it's like. Well, they turned into overkill for a second. You know, this is, I think it's cool, man. I like it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. First of all, overkill is great. Yeah. But didn't, didn't the chorus wind up stuck in your head? Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Totally did. I mean, you know, and, and talking course, about, ta- yeah, and talking about Striper nowadays, you know, I'm the opposite of you. When I was younger, Striper didn't really seem that cool to me. You know, it seemed kind of gimmicky and I didn't really like Striper. But now, in the in the modern era of Striper, I've become a huge fan because I think they're honestly. I agree one hundred percent. I think Striper's putting out better music than they ever have. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Um, after I got the album, uh, Michael said, "Hey, I just sent you the album." I said, "Give me a day to go through it a couple times." And he called me the next day and he said, "Did you listen to the album?" And I said, "Yeah." You know, I got to tell you. I said, "My only question here is." What are you going to do next? Right. <laughs> Polka. It's like, <laughs> doing that because when I first heard No More Hell to Pay, I was blown away. As a fan yeah. of the band, I was blown away. When I heard Fallen, I was like, wow, they, they just went neck and neck with No More Hell to Pay. Yeah. I think those records are, re- are both tremendous and on par with each other. And this new one, and I'm, this is not record label hype. I'm taking that hat off and I'm just speaking as a Striper fan. I think that people who who really enjoyed No More Hell to Pay and Fallen are going to be really blown away by this album. And I know that sounds like hype because every time a band has a new album coming out, oh, it's the best thing. But I mean, they really came up with something here. It's 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 awesome. Well, well, let me just get out of the way. You're just saying that because you're the record label guy, man. There, those of you, it, yeah, those of you listening, I said it for you. Get over yourself. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty easy to tell that Nick's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me talk about another one, and and I just played this song for Aaron right before we got on on mic. Uh, I'm so happy. The new I G- am so happy. The new Jizzy Pearl that's going to be coming out uh, on May 11th, and the song oh, yeah. uh, "You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone." <sighs> pretty great return to form for that guy. Yeah, it took you right back to Blackout in the Red Room, didn't it? Yeah, it's good stuff, that era. man. Love it. Did you uh, were you were you a fan of theirs back in the day? Yeah, a huge fan. And it was funny because Blackout in the Red Room came out. Uh, that was uh, nineteen ninety, was it? Ninety one, ninety or ninety one? Ninety one, I think. Yeah, yeah, right in that era. And I had just, I literally just gotten a CD player. I didn't even have a CD player. I had a Discman that plugged into my my boombox. You know, I was still holding on to my cassettes at the time. And um, uh, my parents got me the Discman. They said, I said, oh, I want some CDs. And it was it was uh, Christmas time. And they said, oh, give us a list. And I wrote down a list. And, and Blackout in the Red Room was all over Headbangers Ball. And Actually, excuse me. Why do you think they call it dope? Was yeah. the video was all over Headbangers Ball, yeah. and then I, I was, you know, that's how you bought albums back in the day. You heard one awesome song, you're like, give me the whole thing. Yeah. And um, 
that was one of the first five CDs I ever owned was Blackout in the Red Room by Love right Hate. On. And I I still think, I mean, I have it on vinyl now and I listened to it the other day. I mean, that record is just perfect. It's so good. And, and and to hear Jizzy go back to, you know, that, that kind of vibe is just so welcome. You know, not, I mean, I, I found Jizzy's voice is great. He's got yes. one of those very, like a Phil Lewis from L.A. Guns, like who really sounds like Jizzy, Nobody. you know? Yeah, exactly. So it, this has been a, it, it's just a great return to form. And, and the guy is, he's just awesome. I think it's, you know, an, again, you know, not to sound like a broken record, an honor to be working with him. Cause again, you know, here I was 15 years old, cranking blackout in the red room all the time. And now I get to work with the guy. It's really cool. That's super awesome. I'm assuming you've heard the rest of what's there of the rest of the album. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, if you guys are digging, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. People are going to be happy with the album overall. Absolutely. Sweet. And cool. I see Darren Householder's back in the band, and he's got a ripping solo on that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jizzy's, you know, J- Jizzy's always one of those guys. He always finds a way to work with great musicians, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Sure does. And I've got all that stuff, all the love, hate, all his solo albums. I love Jizzy Pearl, man. So, um, this has been fun. I want to talk a little bit about like uh, you. You had wanted to talk about a couple of the newer acts in particular on on the label. Well, we've got a ton. I mean, I know you guys, the glorious Bigfoot, Animal Drive. Uh, you know, there's so so many, but I, just too quickly, I wanted to mention since uh, they have releases imminent. There's this new band from Sweden called Perfect Plan, and they have an album coming out uh, next month in, in April. And they're just classic Frontiers melodic rock uh, vibe. Um, the the first single, In and Out of Love, we've been kind of blown away. I believe, Chris, you mentioned One Desire, too. Yes. So it, it's like, uh, it's that, they don't sound exactly like One Desire, but it's that same kind of just rockin' melodic vibe. Can we love to find all the promises, broken promises? Can we turn, can we try to find love again, love again? Can we try this time to find how to live again, to believe again? Can we turn every time, can we try to find love again, love again? Somebody tell. When we put out the first single, it's just this band unknown completely, and and the reaction's just been so awesome. We're putting out a, another song next uh, Tuesday, this this coming Tuesday, and it's actually my personal favorite song on the album. And I think people are people have dug the first single and just dig melodic rock. This is the, the especially the kind of stuff that Frontiers puts out are are really going to be feeling this band. Nice. Yeah, the, the vocals on that singer are pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. Kent is an amazing singer. Uh, I saw a fan comment on one of our uh, Facebook posts today where somebody said he was the next Dan Huff, which, 
you can't get much higher praise than that. Yeah, it's pretty high praise. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And then then in May, we have this band Doomsday Outlaw from the UK. I like coming. Yeah, they're they're like um, it's just bluesy hard rock. You know, if you wanted to compare it to something from the 80s or 90s, I would say it was kind of this raging slab vibe. Remember them? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I was yeah. listening to it. I kind of felt some like uh, the the White Snake era with Glenn Hughes and David Coverdale. It kind of gave me like a feeling of that with a little more muscle to it. Yeah, totally. And 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 like a, a modern uh, like the, the more recent material from Clutch, but mm. maybe you know more a little more melodic. Yeah. Um. And, and you know stuff like that. All those great earache bands uh, like the Temperance Movement and and. Uh, with the they were doing rival sons records and all that stuff and i think doomsday outlaw it very much fits in that in that category but just a little more melodic and just the singer's great and uh really fun band Quite a bit. What have you got coming up? What's what's coming up that uh, people may not have heard about from Frontiers? Oh well, I, I'm sure uh, anyone who follows us knows there's a White Snake uh, album uh, coming up on the horizon. You know, yeah. the band's going out with Foreigner this summer, so the goal is to have it out this summer. Oh, nice. uh, David's uh, David's working on it hard right now with the band. I mean. I am personally very excited to hear uh, new music with Joel Hoekstra playing. Yeah. Yeah, because Joel is just an amazing guitar player. And Joel, and, and I'm sure you and your listeners, <laughs> I don't have to explain how awesome Reb Beach is to, oh, to yeah, anybody listening to this. <laughs> so Reb and Joel together is wow. going to be, I mean, come on, this is going to be good. And Tommy Aldridge on drums. Oh, and the greatest uh, yeah, oh, and 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 Michael on bass and Michelle on on keyboards. It's just it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun for sure. Um, and then we snake. have some other stuff. Uh, this band, um, I'm sure you guys know the great uh, German metal band Rage. Yeah, we're not doing a, their record. Uh, they I think they actually just put out a record last year with Nuclear Blast. But there's a new band. It's the Rage lineup from 1987 to 1994, oh, and it's called. Refuge, we got that coming. That's going to be a really cool um, release. You know, obviously it's going to be very much German metal. <laughs> you know, and then Chris Impelitary has a, 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 a shred fest on the horizon. We've got a great new uh, 
a band that I wasn't terribly familiar with until I started working with, with Frontiers and whom I've come to love is Primal Fear. Yeah, they're a great band. And, and they have a new album coming. Um, I mean, it's like they're the, the they're, they've been doing the best Judas Priest records since Painkiller, <laughs> aside from the really good Judas Priest records as of late. Like that last Judas Priest record that just came out is blowing my mind. Oh, yeah. We um, reviewed it on this episode. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, isn't it great? Oh, it's so good. It's fantastic. And then uh, we've got uh, Seventh Wonder, great uh, Swedish progressive metal band. Uriah Heap, uh, TNT with their new vocalist uh, got their album coming. Uh, Burning Rain, which is Doug Aldrich and uh, Keith St. John. Right. Uh, We've got Dream Child, which is Craig Goldie's new project, which is. uh, you know Simon Wright on drums. Uh, Rudy Sarzo played bass on the album, and it, it's it, it. They got this great singer uh, Diego. So when people hear it, it's very much a nod to Dio, and I think and Diego's. I mean, it's it's startling. He sounds like Ronnie at parts. It's, it's kind of amazing. And better yet, uh, he's not a hologram. <laughs> he is flesh and blood for sure <laughs> um and then we have some more cool young bands coming this band uh two uk bands one's called city of thieves it's got a great like airborne acdc kind of vibe and then the brink is just like a great rock and roll band and then toastland who's actually been around uh for a moment but they're still relatively new they're out opening for skid row in the uk right now another great great hard rock band and that's that's kind of the tip of the iceberg. There's still a ton more coming, and uh, New and Glorious early 2019. Uh, the LA Guns will hopefully come out in the first part of 2019. So it's awesome. just the fun never stops, man. You're not busy at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, listen, um, I don't get bored. That's that's a good thing. That's really thrilling, <laughs> man. It sounds like you're living the rock and roll dream. Hey, you know what? You just gotta love what you do, and that's that's uh, all you can ask for in life, right? Absolutely. Right. Is there a, a white whale out there for you personally? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, you know, like one, I'll tell you a story about one. Um, I actually got a hold of um, the original singer of Salty Dog. Oh, yeah. Wow. And because, uh, I mean, every dog has its day. Great is, I, I, I just listened to that album again last week. <laughs> what a great, great album. And I, I think they were sort of a victim of bad timing. Sure. Well, yeah. and bad addictions too. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, like listen, that was the story with so many bands at that that moment in time. But yeah. and there was a little interest on their part, but we just couldn't work out. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't work it out. So it was it was close, but no cigar with them. But um, you know, that being said, the the other one that I had really high hopes of of hopefully getting a hold of and, and seeing if they wanted to do something was Tora Tora. It turns out that Anthony Corder, the singer, he's like 10 minutes away from me. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, hey, neighbor. Uh, super nice, nice people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. And and like Memphis, Memphis's own. And they're uh, they're working on a new new album right now. And we'll put that out next year. Super excited about that. Um, Jet Boy yeah, next year. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. But. Uh, yeah, there's 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 a whole bunch where I sit there and daydream. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Dangerous Toys is signed to David Elfson's label. I don't know if they're ever going to do new music, but I I love Dangerous Toys and yeah. you know I, I hope they do something. I still have the cassette tape they autographed for me at a Tower Records in store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that band. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to. That's a great question, man. Yeah, there's there's definitely some, and um, you know, you like think about hunting it, down the guys from LSD. Life, sex, death. Yeah. Wow, I haven't thought of that name in a while. That'd be a cool uh, band to see come back. That, yeah, yeah. That that's not one I thought of, honestly. You know, the one that's exciting, and I'm sure we're not the only label. It's like, whoa, hey, hello, is and a local guy, Vinnie Vincent just popped back up. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We're quite aware. <laughs> yeah. I know you guys, uh, it's not news to you. you know, <laughs> that, that, that's been an interesting, you know, thing where it's like, Hmm, you know, like by indications in, in Vinnie's, you know, interviews he's given uh-huh. or the interview he gave is that, yeah, hey, yeah, I've been, I've been practicing. I've been keeping up. Uh, there might be some music scrolled away. Like who knows what's going on. So yeah, you mentioned it. that he had written what he considered to be like an ultimate kiss album, like, or a, a Vinnie Vincent album that kiss fans would love. Well, it, you know, listen from a fan perspective, again, of course I would love it to be on frontiers, but, uh, it, it, it just as long as somebody gets it out, you know, yeah, for, yeah. That, that needs to be heard for sure. For the, the Kiss Army needs to hear that, you know? Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Has there been any reaching out to Vinny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it was, you know, the, the Internet's a wonderful thing, right? You know, so I was able to find out. Um, he mentioned that he had an attorney down here who he worked with. So there's been reaching out to the attorney. Uh, there was a guy who was managing him for a little bit. There was a little conversation with him. Uh, you know, so there's been outreach. Cool. Certainly. Cool. Yeah, awesome. We'll see what happens. So we got it's, a scoop. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, if, if, if it, I think it would probably be the least uh, shocking news to anybody that Frontiers was interested in talking to Vinny. Oh, <laughs> so, right. you know, it's nice to have uh, the confirmation though. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, de- we're definitely, you know, we would love to love to have a chat and you know, that's obviously we, we don't know much more than anybody else knows. Yeah. So it, it's just um, we'd love to just hear what his vision is, what what he wants to do, and see if maybe we could fit into what it is that he wants to do. Man, that would be a perfect fit, I think. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, I, that's the thing, too. As, as soon as he popped his head back, he looked at, like, everything on Twitter was, oh, my God, Frontiers has to release that. Right. Like, yeah, we would, we would be one of the – I'm not saying we're the only choice, but we'd be one of the logical ones for sure. Definitely. This has been a lot of fun. I hope you had a good time. I hope you'd be interested in doing this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I didn't uh, uh, bore you guys to death talking too much. No way, man. This has been great. (laughs) Yeah, it's been been fun. Um, Of course, how can people uh, contact or follow Frontiers? What's the best way of doing that? Uh, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you want to ask a general question, info at frontiers.it, it, and it will get routed to the appropriate person. Awesome. Right on. And this is at the end of the episode when it comes out. So uh, why don't you do the honors and give us a playout song? What song would you like us to spend to play us out today? Oh, man. Well, uh, how about we play that Jizzy Pearl, You're Gonna Miss Me When I'm Gone track? Done. I love it. Thanks again, Nick. All right. Thanks again, guys. Let's do it again soon. Awesome. You're going to miss me when I'm gone.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.